for us. And we can all say amen to that. But anyhow, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, I'm going to call on Brother Greg. Would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Well, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, so grateful opportunity to gather in your house again today, dear Lord, to fellowship with fellow believers, dear Lord. I ask that you uh, allow us to open our hearts and our minds to the words that we will hear today. Allow it to be um, an impression on us that we might be spokespersons for you, dear Lord, as we go out into this world. Please bless each and every one in attendance here today. Amen. Y'all can be seated. I want to thank uh, I want to thank uh, Brother Chris and and uh, Michael and the ones that helped. Uh, and Vanessa and I was we missed being here last Sunday, but uh, uh, anyhow we uh, we tried to get out of town. We did get away, but we had to come back unexpectedly. But uh, we celebrate our forty first wedding anniversary. Amen. Amen. It don't even seem like <laughs> it don't even seem like five days ago, you know. <laughs> and I was, you know, of course, I, I want to thank the church again for your, you know, for the prayers that went out to, to us and, and Vanessa and the family. And, you know, it was hard. It's a hard thing, but we know it's a it's a joyous thing because we know where Brother Jack's at. Sure, <laughs> we know where our loved ones is at. And Sister Nell, we can find comfort in that. We know that. But you, but you know, we serve a great, mighty God. We're just saying about Him and, and what a blessing it is that we have someone that we can go to and, and He can give us comfort in times of needs, and He always does that no matter what. But you know, we have so many to pray for, not just, you know, we have so many. And Brother Bo, he, uh, he's not able to be here this morning, not feeling very well, and, and we always need to con continue to pray for uh, you know, Bo and Linda always lift them up in their prayers, and and uh, and if anyone else you want to lift up in prayer this morning. Uh, Brother Wayne Bobby's back is out this morning. He he got up trying to get ready and just can't hardly walk today. So y'all remember. Remember Brother Bobby. And please remember Barbara. Uh, she's still pretty sick, and uh, we ask that you church remember her when we pray. Yes. Remember. Oh, Wayne, my uncle is back for Lauderdale with uh, his family. His sister failed Tuesday night, and she has a brain bleed. So please remember her. She's home. They're not going to do anything about it right now. It stopped. It hasn't gotten any worse. So uh, depending on how she's doing, he's going to bring her to our house Wednesday. So y'all pray for him as he cares for her and, and pray for her. Amen. Wayne, I'd like to um, say that we want to always pray for our people that's in the nursing home and, and the people that are caring for them. Sure. And I have such respect and appreciation for them. Uh, I got to see Miss Bonnie just a minute this morning with that silly grin on her face. She said, I tell y'all, hello. And she'd be praying for our service and want you to always lift up my mom. And I want to ask that you especially pray for Miss Patsy Vickery. She said, it's not doing well at all. Also, Maybelline Beeson. Maybelline Beeson. I have to go uh, in stage with Dr. Lillard out there. She's got some things going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was coming, but she got sick. She's on... She, 
medicine again, and it made her sick of her stomach. But she had called me this morning. She was planning on coming. Then like, she's just not doing well at all. Any anyone else you want to lift up in prayer? It's good to see Brother Kenneth and Sister Maggie. Amen. 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 Well, let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and and I'm gonna call on Brother Mark. I want to ask you if you don't mind, will you lead us in this prayer? Pray for the ones that's been mentioned this morning. We'll stay in here. It's pretty cool back there, and we won't take so we'll just stay in here if y'all don't well, mind. Yeah, you can taste the lemon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all pray. Y'all pray for Chris. Y'all pray for Chris right here. <laughs> That'd be great. Right. Right. Oh, Won't everybody take a minute to speak to everybody that you hadn't spoke to? I'm 
might not have to teach, we just fellowship. That's right. That'd be great. That'd be great. I don't do much teaching here. <laughs> All right. Well, isn't it great to be here today? Just such a beautiful day outside. And um, I, I enjoyed yesterday so much. It was such a beautiful day. And I just worked on the farm by myself, kind of reminiscent uh, of Brother Steve of the first 20 or 25 years that I worked on the farm when most days I just spend by myself working. Um, and uh, I enjoyed it. It made me think, you know, I'm going to retire next January. And I thought, you know, I'm going to wind this thing up just like I started. Just working on the farm and, and enjoying myself. And I had a great time. Uh, much has been said about uh, already about uh, um, Uncle Jack's passing and, of course, have, Everybody knows that that's Vanessa's dad. Do you also know that's Mitchell's granddad? Also, everybody knows that, right? Okay, and my uncle. And uh, I was just so impressed and so appreciative of Liberty Hill Church and your coming and supporting uh, this family so well. I appreciate that very much. Okay, last Sunday, I thought Brother Michael was joking, didn't y'all? When he said next, I thought, he's joking, you know, he's just carrying on. Then he said something about it Sunday night, and I thought, well, he's still joking. Surely he's still joking. He carried this a little too far. Yeah, and then um, I believe it was Tuesday, I got a text, and he was sitting in an airport waiting to, or he was in Atlanta. I think he said he was at Hartsville, uh, which is Atlanta Airport. And so I thought, hmm, if he, if he was joking, all the bets are off then. So um, let's turn to uh, Romans 13, and that's where we got to in our study of Romans, Romans 13. And we're going to try to, in a very general way, cover verses 1 through 7. That way, when Brother Mike comes back next week, he can start... Um, with verse 8. Okay. Chapter 13. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? That's a question. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay you tribute, 
also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So we, we're going to try in a general way to cover those because it's um, uh, th this kind of a tough lesson to me. And um, I, did, I did and was hoping that Brother Michael was teasing about me teaching. But um, So I, I thought about the fact that there are um, a few things that you try to avoid in conversation if you're making new friends and you're trying to maintain your old friends. So, so what do we try not to talk about sometimes because of how controversial it can be quickly? Politics, Politics religion. religion, and money. That'll get you in trouble real quick. And the iron bow. And the iron bow. <laughs> right, thank you, Brother Steve. Yeah, those things will get you in trouble real quick. But we got to talk to them today. We're going to talk about all those things. Because really, uh, our, our lesson is about our government. And last night, I was, uh, as I laid down, I was really tired. And I thought of... Uh, a verse, I think it's found in, in Isaiah chapter 9 maybe, it, for, it said, For unto you a son is given. Um, and to paraphrase, it, it makes several things about his titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. <coughs> and it said, The government shall be upon his shoulders. And uh, I, I really felt like I need to get back up and study that some, but I didn't quite make it. So um, I, I want to readily admit this morning that as I read this scripture, I, I immediately found myself having some problems with some of it, personally. Accepting this passage of scripture in light of what I see happening in our world today is hard. Um, so before I got too far out on a limb, I had to stop and remember what we believe about the Scripture. And y'all have heard me say this before, but uh, when, when I used to work on the farm all the time, I had a next-door neighbor who was a, a Baptist preacher. There's two Michael Murphys, but this is Brother Michael Murphy at Nectar. Uh, and he and I would swap work. And, you know... You run into jobs that are just two men jobs and I would help him and he'd come work a day and help me and so one day I said brother Michael I want to ask you about a scripture I want to talk about it. I'm not sure what it means and he cut me off real quick and he said now if it don't mean what it says I don't have a clue what it means <laughs> So I'm going to tell you, if this don't mean what it says, I'm not sure that I know what else that it means. But I, I, I had to, I wanted to remind myself of something um, about the scripture. And um, I reached and found that I have next to, to my uh, chair, my Baptist church manual, 
that, that belonged to my dad. It's got his name in it, and it's, uh, I reached for it. And our very first declaration of faith is of the Scripture. We believe that the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and is a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction that it has God for its author, salvation for its sin, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. This is what we believe. That it reveals the principles by which God will judge us and therefore is and shall remain to the end of the world the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds, and opinions should be tried. So I had to stop and think as I thought about the questions I had about this. You know, sometimes it's good to ask questions and be inquisitive, and we should study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, doing what? Rightly dividing the word of truth. So it's important in all scripture, and particularly in scriptures where we may find that we have some personal conflict or uh, if this means this over here in this chapter and this says this over here, you know, how can it mean both things? Or, you know, if you run into those, con then it, we have to study to show ourselves approved to rightly divide that and understand it. Now, you know why we don't study the Bible any more than we do? It's work. It is work to study the Bible. Um, Brother Steve puts in a lot of time to bring our message every Sunday. Brother Michael spends a lot of time to bring our uh, Sunday school lesson every Sunday. So it takes a time, it takes effort, and, but we need to. So um, if I have a personal problem with the end of the lesson today, I, I need to reflect on this article of faith and remember that the scripture is given by God. That's uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by God. And one translation I read that I really love that says all scripture is God-breathed. And I really, I really love that interpretation or translation. All scripture is God-breathed. So while I was looking at our articles of faith, I found one that I actually had forgotten about, and it's Article 16. I'm going to flip over to it because it's on point for our lesson today. Article 16 is of the civil government. We believe that civil government is of divine appointment. The scripture told us that today. For the interest and good order of human society and that magistrates are to be prayed for, conscientiously honored and obeyed, except only in the things opposed to the will of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because who is our supreme leader? Yeah. He is our supreme leader who is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. So the, the lesson about our civil government is really timely. Uh, we're in a presidential year. 
and where we uh, will select those people, a lot of the people that will lead us for the next four years. So what is the most important thing that we should be doing right now? Praying. We should be praying uh, for our leaders. And I'm not talking about just at the White House. But I'm talking about from the White House down to the courthouse. Sure. Uh, and then praying for our leaders worldwide. We're, folks, we're in a very turbulent time in our world. Very turbulent time. And we must and we need to be praying uh, about that. Um, but we don't need to lose heart and we don't need to lose faith. The United <coughs> States of America has been through a lot of turbulent times. And in my study of history from going through school, and we go back and we study about what a, what a terrible time it was during the Civil War of America, World War I, we were then later engaged in World War II. Uh, we come through the Korean conflict. We, we have weathered the civil rights era, uh, Vietnam, and then on it goes on the other things that we've been through. So we have been through some very turbulent times. And um, last night I was look, re looking at some videos and uh, on NBC News, right at the end of the news, uh, they did something that put a big lump in my throat. If Pam had in, tried to talk, I couldn't have talked right then. But it showed uh, these uh, hundreds of high school students that were in a, one of these hotels, you know, that's, you've been in one that's sort of holla in the center and the rooms are all around it and they were all on these balconies on the inside and they sung our Star Spangled Banner. And I'm telling you what, it done something to me. It, it, and it, it, uh, it really did. So, in reading our scripture today, we see that, that government is indeed ordained by God. Do we agree on that? It is. It's ordained by God. And I know we have problems with some things that happen in our government from time to time. Uh, just because our leaders and our governments are ordained by God does not mean they're without uh, errors and uh, leaders that make bad decisions from time to time. But you know, we ought, we ought to stop for a moment and think about what our life would be without a government to give order to our lives. I want you to think about that a minute. What, what would your life be today if you could not call the Blunt County Sheriff's Department and get some help if you had trouble? What if you could not pick up the phone and dial 911? I just want you to think about it. How would some of you get, have gotten to church today if you had not had a road to drive on and a bridge to cross the river? How would you even got here today? How many are drawing a Social Security check? Don't raise your hand. 
because because this time next year I plan on drawing my social security check. So so our scripture today though really explains and I'm going back and generalizing the reading of the scripture but it, it really explains to me um, what government is for. Now what is government for? Order. Order? Right? <coughs> Come on, help me out. What is really government for? Making laws. Making laws? Well, it's for the people and by the people. It, 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 and you're making a great point, Brother Steve, because unlike other places in the world, who is our government in the United States of America? You are. We are. We the people. We're the government. Now we elect leaders who, if they do not do a good job to serve us, we have the opportunity to go back to the polls and vote for someone else. And that is a big thing that sets us apart from other parts of the world. So if we go back to our scripture, and I might not have put my... Um, verse 3, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Okay? So... I think that the real purpose and God's purpose for government is to promote that which is good and to suppress that which is evil. Now we get out, we get way out into a lot of other things, but God's purpose for government is to promote that which is good and to suppress that which is evil. Suppress what we would do if we were in a lawless society. And I think that ties really in to verse 3. I think people in general have a, a hard time with the concept that, that government is a God. It's, right. it's, a, it, it's a, an office that uh, he says we need. And, um, but it is a God. And we need yeah. to be really careful. Well, saying that right there, disobeying the law is the same as disobeying God. Yes. Ooh, all right. Did y'all hear that? Now, I cut pretty close, Brother Wayne, but that's right. We talked about that a little bit last week in our lesson. Yeah. But the government would have no power if it was not granted by God. So when government is doing what God ordained it to do, it's really a wonderful thing, yeah. It's a wonderful thing. And this is the takeaway from our lesson today. This is the takeaway. That we as Christians should be the epitome of good citizens. We should be the model for other people to look at to know that we are obeying the law. We are honoring our leaders We're, because they're, you know, they're Christian. And so that is the real takeaway that I want us to remember. 
should obey our laws and we've confirmed that we should fervently pray for our leaders should we pay our taxes yeah. reluctantly <laughs> you know this a man told me not too long ago look right look me in the face and said I'm going to tell you right now I paid the last taxes that I'll ever pay. I'll never pay the government. And I'm thinking, uh, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Every time you buy something at the store, you're going to pay some tax. Every time. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So so don't. But, but and, and I, I now realize what he's talking about was his income tax. And he said, I'll never pay another 
dime of taxes. The government wouldn't get another penny from him. That's what he said. He said it's on an all-cash basis. Told them to go down to the water and take a fish and open its mouth and take out a coin. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, 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 so let me ask this question. Now, listen, I asked Pam, I said this morning, I said, Pam, how can I teach a lesson on religion, politics, and money, and everybody still be my friend when this is over? I asked her that question, and so. So, but we're trying to do this in a good way because um, is hiding your income some way, is that, is that something that we should do to avoid paying our tax? It didn't work out for Aiken. Yeah. It sure didn't. Yeah. It sure, he going to keep some of it, didn't he? Right. So, it's not honest. Does it cause you fear a little bit now, I've never been audited. And but that having anything you do that you've never done before caused a little bit of a fear. But would it cause you fear to get notice that you're going to be audited by the IRS? Even though we paid all year, we're still going to be have some fear there. Uh, I, I, yeah, I agree. But we're talking about if, if government was what God ordained it to be, rulers are not for a terror to good works. Uh, so why will you be afraid of the power? That's what the scripture said. Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. So um, it's something to think about. One reason is we don't we don't understand the tax laws because they change from year to year and we always have that little bit in the back of our mind where we, we get an accountant or we get H&R Block or somebody to, that's supposed to know what to do but we have that thought in the back of our mind what if they find something here that they say is illegal you know and then you hear of nightmares where when the IRS gets after you they don't let but I, I think maybe that's not as bad as well, and, and then also, you know, don't don't we always try to, to justify a little bit? You know, every man will find a way to be right in his own eyes. I, I'm guilty. Everybody will find a way to be right in their own eyes if they can. And so, um, what about the, it, I, I can pay this money and they're just going to waste it. You know, could we try to justify ourselves with that? These are just things to think about. I'm going to spend it for something that I don't approve of. Right, true. Sir? It's already spent. Already spent, and our children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren never get it paid back, will they? Brother Chris, let me say this. A friend of mine that lives up in Cherokee County works for post office. He's fixed and retired, but he's been a rural mail carrier for a long time. And on the side, he raises hogs. And uh, a few years ago, his accountant uh, said, um, there's a couple of red flags on your taxes and the, and the uh, IRS, I don't remember whether it's state or federal, said one of them 
they're questioning the about your honesty on how many hogs you have. And uh, boy, he just blew off the handle. And uh, he said he had 147 hogs. And uh, so he said, "You tell them I've got 147 hogs. They won't come look at them. Look at them." Well, they sent a agent down from Huntsville to to his farm to look at his books. He said, no, we're not going to look at books right now. We're going to look at hogs. And this guy was in a three-piece suit. He said, you get this side by side, and we're going to go out here and get muddy. We're going to look at hogs. And, and he was saying, no, no, sir, I just, I just want to look at We're going to look at books in a minute. But he took him out there, and he said, start counting. And the guy, and he said, I believe you got 100 <laughs> And but, uh, but that's, you know, stuff like that is some of the things that it, it is. It is. They actually spent money to but, send a man down there. Yeah, but I remember when our uh, when I was uh, maybe it was after we moved to Nectar, but Brother Rogers actually had been our pastor, and after uh, and we were neighbors down there, and so Pam tried to to give them some help later in their life there, and and uh, they got audited, and so um, when they and they come to their house, and when they started miss lucy started laying out all her receipts and everything and got on the table i remember brother roger said the man just gathered up his stuff and said well i can see that you but i didn't want to spend the whole lesson on that let, let me let me say just a couple of things uh but the reason we have to pay tax is income tax is why is because we've had an income and we've lived in a place that we've had the right and the privilege to earn an income. And we need to be thankful for that. Okay, so again, our takeaway is that we need to be model citizens. Is somebody watching the clock? All right, I've got a question for you. Is it ever okay to disobey the government? Uh, Pam, would you look up Acts 4, 18 and 19? Marilyn, would you look at, at Acts 5, 27 and 29? So I'm asking this question now, is it ever okay to disobey the government? Is there a place in our society today for civil disobedience? I made these notes at 3 o'clock yesterday morning, y'all. I don't know. They, is there ever a place for civil disobedience in our society? You say 4, 18, and 19? Yeah, Acts 4, 18, and 19. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, <coughs> judge you. So what's more important? Marilyn, would you read yours? And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and indeed intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than Amen. Did everybody get it? Amen. So when our government requires us to do something that is evil, 
or it's against the teachings of the Scripture, we not only have a right, but we have a responsibility for civil disobedience in a nonviolent way, just as we see in this example in the book of Acts. That's my opinion. I didn't read that from the Bible. I, that's my opinion. So let me ask you a question. What, let's try to think of another example in the Bible where someone was disobedient to the law. And I'm thinking Old Testament right now. Yeah, that's a good example. Great example. He's told not to pray. Daniel, he's told not to pray. He prayed anyway because that was against the teachings of God. Another one? I tell you one of my very favorites. And I, are we out of time? Okay. One of my very favorites is Queen Esther. <laughs> okay. Right quick. All right. Uh, you know, we all tend to think that this history's from the day I was born to the day I died. You know, and whatever affects me is worse than what anybody in the world's ever been through. And we in the United States are having having a hard time right now. But you look at the children of Israel, just back to what Sister Vanessa was saying, the Lord let things happen to them because that's what they wanted. You know, they wanted a king, they didn't need a king, but they wanted a king and they got Saul and look what happened with him. But Esther, and that's one of my favorite verses, for such a time as this. Uh -huh. You know, we're here for such a time as this. If I could have lived a different time, I would have. Uh -huh. But we're here to do what we're supposed to do at such a time as this. And God always took care of the remnant. That's right. Even if the whole world around them was going a hand basket. He always took care of the women, and that's that's what gets me through right now. Because mm -hmm. I know it's been worse, it's been better, but whatever happens, God's going to take care of that's it. That's right. And and so Esther uh, had to get that all straight, and that was a, that was a struggle a little bit, and and talking with her uncle and all, and and him him encouraging her, you got to do something. And so she had to she had a struggle with that, but but what what she said that what she could have been born for such a time as this, and, and where did she come to in her own life on doing what's right? What did she say? If I I if I perish, I perish. So she had her mind was made up. Her mind was made up. I could give you some examples of other things, and I, I know we're out of time, but one of my problems with studying this passage was to accept that that people were in power uh, as ordained by God. Boy, I struggled with that. But I'll come back to a point Vanessa made. If you read Bible commentaries, you're going to see some different things but uh, and different viewpoints, but one of the views, because this was what I was thinking, how could how could Adolf Hitler been in power ordained by God? How could he have thought he was right? Is Vladimir Putin? Was Pontius Pilate? 
who was the ruler when Paul was writing this scripture, and who did who was the Roman ruler that he lived under? Nero. The most violent toward Christians of any ruler that had ever been. Yet Paul wrote the thirteenth chapter of Romans. Well, I, I I can't get my arms around that. So. Can I offer one thing, then, Brother Chris? Yes, sir. You know, in the centuries after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, there were the horrific emperors. There was Tiberius, was Caligula, and then there was Nero when this was written. And this book is written to the Romans in that city, in that most wicked city. And on every corner and every house was a shrine to another god. There were temples with fires that burned continually and sacrifices and vestal virgins and on and on and on. But in a very short time in the decades after this and within just a couple generations it was the power of this word that shut down every temple right. they made every flame Amen. That's right. temples mm -hmm. extinguished right. and that goes back to kind of what to me what our job is we're ambassadors for a better kingdom that's what we do every day and it was through the work of these people that during this time when this book was written they caused that mighty empire to fall and I think our job is no different when it comes to government. That's There's right. going to be government, but we serve a better kingdom. That's right. And our job is to bring that kingdom to the world. And that kingdom will transform every other kingdom. That's exactly right. That's right. Chris, can I say something? Please, please do. <laughs> so, you know, the very uh, authority that Shagrach, Bishop, and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar, had, had gone to... Judah and, and, and destroy them, destroy Jerusalem, destroy the temple, and brought back basically all the educated people back to Babylonia and, and basically just left the farmers. And they obeyed them through all of that except bowing the knee right. to the idol. Mm -hmm. But God, it said that God ordained Nebuchadnezzar, he, God raised him up to that position. Mm -hmm. That's to, right. To bring Israel, Judah, to its knees because, mm -hmm. of, because of the sin they had. Mm -hmm. uh, that, and that's hard. That, that is hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. But even harder, I think, you know, we're here, we, we, we have all these blessings. And we can look back and see the consequences of all of those years. Mm -hmm. We can see Israel brought back after 70 years in ca captivity. We can see what Mark, you know, said. But if you're living in that, mm -hmm. if you're living under Hitler, mm -hmm. if you're living under Stalin, under, under Putin, it's a whole lot harder to see. It is, yeah. So, I want you to always remember to come back to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, that teaches us that God's ways are higher than our ways. Yes. And I want to always latch on to that. Now, you, you can go and see your friends or family this afternoon or your work associates next week, and you can, you can tell anybody that at church in Sunday school we talked about <laughs> politics, religious, religion, and money. And as far as I can tell, we're still all friends, right? Yes. All right. Amen. Thank you so much. Please remember Brother Michael. We'll have him back next week.